this is Date, But Don't Sin, a limited episode podcast designed to help Christians in their pursuit of holy dating. Welcome back, everyone. This is James, and you're listening to episode two of the Date, But Don't Sin podcast. Today, we're looking at the question, will holy dating rob me of pleasure? I think this is a fear that a lot of people have, and it's reinforced everywhere in the media and culture around us. But the question is, is it true that holy dating will rob us of pleasure? Let's get right down to it. The answer is a resounding no. And the reality is that holy dating and holiness in general will not only not cause you to miss out on pleasure, but will keep you from danger. It will keep you from ushering in pain and destruction into your life and the lives of the people you care about. So now let's get into why this is. Randy Alcorn has a great little book called The Purity Principle. I actually enjoyed it so much that I listened to the audiobook in one sitting. And the principle itself is this. Purity is always smart. Impurity is always stupid. And I know that's a jarring thing to hear, but I appreciate the simplistic and jarring nature of the principle because we tend to be so dense that we sometimes need something to grab us and shake us out of our stupor. Sin is where we go and what we do when we believe the lie of the devil. He tells us a lie like, no one else is taking purity as seriously as you, so there's no point. Or he might say, God is withholding this from you because he's disappointed in you. And he may frame it a little bit more subtly like, well, now that we've come this far, I realize it isn't as bad as I thought it would be. And the thing about the lie, whatever it is, is that it has us believing that by indulging in sin, we'll be pursuing our best interest. And what we so often fail to see in that moment, but can almost always see plainly afterwards, is that by indulging in that sin that thing that seems like it's the best, most pleasurable thing for us, we are actually setting a table, lighting candles, and courting destruction into our lives. And we could go on to list tons of consequences for sin, which some people who are listening have experienced firsthand, but we can summarize these consequences in the word pain. Be it emotional, spiritual, mental, or physical, it's pain, it's suffering. It's obviously not the best thing for us. This will always be the result of impurity. It's always stupid. It's never for our good. No exceptions. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was expressing doubts concerning the merits of holy dating and not pursuing the pleasure at hand. And what he said to me was, it seems to me that you and others who have had the pleasure of experiencing this wonderful thing are taking a big bite out of this gourmet, delicious burger then turning around to the rest of us who are missing out and saying, oh, it's it's not as good as you think. Just stick with your little fast food patty back there. My friend was wildly mistaken. When we forsake the lie of momentary worldly pleasures and pursue holy dating, it's not a drop-off. It's not as if we're passing on the lobster to enjoy the imitation crab. We are saving ourselves from pain and suffering and inviting goodness and blessing from God. I told my friend, you know, it's not really like that burger illustration. It's more like I tried to navigate a minefield that I never should have been in in the first place. And I lost parts of myself in that minefield through pain and suffering that could have been avoided. And now I stand 
at the entrance of that field trying to warn those who might make the same mistakes that I did. And listen, it's not a, well, you must have to experience to learn it kind of thing. You don't have to suffer in this way. God certainly doesn't waste the suffering, and he taught me a lot through that time, but it's not a rite of passage. This doesn't have to be a mistake that you make. One thing we have to talk about here is the idea of pleasure. The flesh and the world put this image in front of us that constantly says, this way to pleasure. And there is pleasure down that road, but the pleasure will not last. It will rot away. The pleasure that we must pursue as Christians is a much higher pleasure, an eternal one. I love the line that C.S. Lewis writes in The Weight of Glory. He writes, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition, when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum, because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Our desire for pleasure that is immediate yet temporary can feel so strong in a given moment. I know that. I've felt that. But there is a strong pull out there left unsought. As Lewis states, we are too busy fooling around with drink and sex and ambition, and all the while God has freely offered us something much better And we need only to turn our backs from sin to begin to experience it. And it is far better. It would sound ridiculous to ask someone who just came from an incredible holiday at the sea, which was the richer experience, the mud pie playtime or the holiday? The two experiences are different on every level. They're not even worth comparing. Let us be grabbers of God, all that he wants to offer us. If our hands are full of the world because we've spent our days grasping for fleeting pleasure, we won't be able to receive the treasure that is Christ himself. Cast the doubt out of your heart and mind and believe that God is telling the truth and that sin is a lie. The devil is a skilled liar, but a liar nonetheless. I hope this episode has blessed you. If you have thoughts on this episode or things you want to hear in the future, you can email me at date but don't sin at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we look at the question, should I consider dating a non-believer? Until next time, date but don't sin. <laughs>